0: I think lifting and strength sports, is, it's easier to tell if you're hitting your potential because you see actual numbers going up. Whereas in business, there are many different measures of success. It's not always just revenue or profits. Even in lifting, it's like you can feel yourself thinking, oh, I'm hitting a limit. Oh, I might not be able to lift any more than this. And then if you just try, you probably can. And then it's just keep going, get the confidence, keep going even further.
1: This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, for years now I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote where I try a new online job or gig every month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to the slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. In this episode, I'm so excited to speak with Jodi, who is a location-independent entrepreneur, author, and athlete. She built and recently sold the marketing agency she started at age 22 and now writes books and articles on the topic of entrepreneurship, while she also competes for Great Britain in powerlifting. So listen on to find out how Jodi lives an extraordinary life while running a business. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Jodi. Hi, Jodi. How are you? Hey, Debbie. I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yes, definitely. So I would describe myself as an entrepreneur, a
0: writer, and an athlete. And I try and do all three of those things really well whilst not having a fixed location. So I really love summer. So I try and follow the sun around, not have seasons, just be in the sunshine all the time. (laughs) And I guess I focus life around traveling and training and working on a business
1: and writing books. That is incredible. And how did you get started to do all of this? Because you are multifaceted. You're a writer, you're an athlete, you're an entrepreneur. Was this always something that you wanted to do? Or did you find your way here?
0: I always knew I wanted to start my own business,
1: and then the business
0: I started when I was 22, so I was fresh out of university and a graduate scheme, was a social media agency. So at the time, it didn't really feel like starting a business. It just just felt like getting one client and then getting another client, and then that accidentally turned into a business. And then I would say the writing and the lifting came as a result of just running a business and then developing other interests really and I don't know if you find this Debbie but I find it quite hard just to have casual hobbies they always turn into something that's that bit more serious so a journaling habit turned into writing articles and books that I then published and a gym habit then turned into starting competing in powerlifting and everything (laughs) was just taken to that next level because of the type of personality I find that I have as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah that's Incredible too but you know what's funny about that is that you go all in with all of these things that are hobbies and then you make something out of it right even just lifting and going to the gym and then you became this competitor a competitive athlete which is pretty amazing and that is a lot to do you know you're writing you're doing all of these competitions and you're running your business how do you maximize your time but also have time for yourself? Because I'm sure you love everything too, but sometimes I'm just like, how do I have a good downtime? Because even though I love everything I do, I put so much into my plate.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think a lot about how I love everything that I do
0: and I make sure every day that everything I'm doing is a choice I'm constantly asking myself do I want to do this because if you don't then there's no point and there's definitely no point competing and taking stuff to to the extremes and going all in like you say if you actually don't love it so one of the things that I do is I Guard my time between those three things very carefully so I just I'm so against multitasking so if I'm in the gym I'm in the gym I'm not checking my emails if I'm working I'm working I'm not thinking about my training session later and I guess that involves quite strict boundaries and a very structured day although because it's all enjoyable it never feels like a chore like I always wake up looking forward to every day so I normally work on my business for the first couple of hours of each day and then train and then have the afternoon doing if you're familiar with the maker and manager schedule I do the making stuff in the morning do the managing stuff in the afternoon and then write just in between all that
1: Yeah, and that's really good discipline for yourself because that could be really difficult to keep up with all of these things. Well, you started as an entrepreneur in your early 20s, and it seems like you've been doing this for for a while now, right? And when I first started, especially being an entrepreneur is very different. There's like a different I don't know, I guess, lifestyle to it when you're also remote and then you're location independent, because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that have like a brick and mortar. They see their employees, they have people around them. But then with somebody like you, Jodi, it's, you know, you could really technically be on your own most of the time and it can be hard to self-motivate yourself. Did you do that easily? Was that just type of? you know your type of personality to do that did it take you a while because i know when i transitioned to remote working and being an entrepreneur like sometimes i'd just be like okay i'm i've just been in bed all day what what am i doing i need to do something i think
0: sometimes there's a very fine line between self-employed and unemployed <laughs> yes but i feel like when you have a team it's it's quite different because it's not well a team and clients yeah it makes it it makes it it makes it feel real and then you absolutely have to do the stuff and you want to anyway but i think for me especially chasing the sun around it means that nearly everywhere i spend time it feels like the summer holidays and everyone else it feels like they're on holiday so i spend a lot of time in in Mexico and Carmen, and Australia. And at the moment, I'm in Copenhagen and it's gorgeous weather. No one seems to be working. And I think if you didn't love what you do, it would be very easy to just be in that holiday mode and then you would never escape it. You would never get that autumn and springtime when you actually get your head down and do the work. So I think the basis of it is, I kind of call it my repeatable day, like my perfect repeatable day. So imagine if you had to run the same day for the rest of your life on repeat, how would you structure that day so it was sustainable? Because I'm not really a fan of boom and bust. I don't like the idea that you work yourself into the ground and then you need to have a holiday to escape it. I prefer having this sustainable way of living so that if you had to live that same day on repeat, you could and you would really enjoy yourself. So it means that every day involves exercise, work, writing, leisure, and it's not this unsustainable roller coaster that I feel inevitably just leads to burnout. I try and stay very far away from that.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's one of the things that I love about having this freedom, having a freedom lifestyle is you could really create that ideal day, that ideal lifestyle that you want, because for somebody who's working a nine to five, it's not really your time. It's your employee's time. But the beauty of now having remote work and having freelance gigs is that you're technically also self-employed. And there's a lot of companies now that are flexible and they allow you to have this flexibility. So it's it's freedom but also for somebody who's never done that before it could be really hard because maybe you've never thought about that because for most of your life somebody was telling you what to do with your day and then all of a sudden you're handed this gift well i think it's a gift but then if you don't know how to use it it could either make you or break you and what what you just talked about jody is exactly what the type of mindset that you need to have when you are given this freedom you are given in this gift with your life. Like, hey, you do have to work, but then there's so much more time to for you to do other things. Because honestly, I mean, let's let's be honest here. When you're working a nine to five, there's just so many hours that you're not actually working and you're just sitting around <laughs> doing nothing. But when you're working yeah. from home, you don't have to pretend like you're working anymore. You can do other things with your life. So it's like, what do you do with those times now? Like, what do you do to actually enjoy it? So I love that. I love your, your way of thinking about this, of being an entrepreneur and making this sustainable for yourself. Because I think there's a lot of like type A personality people too, that you always feel like you have to do something, um, Mm -hmm. which is super unhealthy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
0: I think that the default way that we're wired, which I guess starts with schooling because you go to school at a certain time you have to move from lesson to lesson to the sound of a bell you have to line up in in rows and you have to pass exams with a mark scheme and a teacher and curriculum I think that sometimes that schooling can just translate into the working world and then we just follow these ways of running our lives without actually questioning them and when I had my social media agency so I had um, I sold it about 18 months ago I had a team of 16 and everyone in my team was full-time and so they worked mainly nine to five but sometimes eight to four ten to six but it was still pretty much those hours and sometimes I would feel like I wanted them to have the flexible life as well and to and to make more of it but a lot of the time they just didn't want to they just thought well I wanna take weekends off because all my friends are taking weekends off as well. So I wanna hang out with them. Therefore I'm gonna work Monday to Friday. I wanna have my evenings off so I can hang out with my friends and watch my TV. Therefore I'm gonna work nine to five. And it's almost like they're so trapped in that way of being that they wouldn't necessarily think of another way around it. And I think I didn't really realize that first because when I first created our holiday policy, I made it so that you didn't have to take off bank holidays, you could choose so you could just work a bank holiday. And if you wanted to do that, that would be fine. But then I was amazed that everyone took bank <laughs> holidays off. And I was like, why you can you can do whatever you want? Like, why would you want to do? Why would you want to have your holiday when everyone else is having a holiday? Because I like him, um, I kind of call it the first class experience where you can, you can achieve the the empty restaurant or the the not busy like beach or supermarket or wherever you wanna go, um, even though it's like the middle of the day, because you've just you've just moved your timings. And so I couldn't understand why they wanted to do what everyone else was doing, but I think it's just cause it's drilled into us from such an early age that unless you question it, you might just run your life like that, even as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. And you know what I I find too, being on that other spectrum too, is that not many people will have that freedom. So it can get really lonely. So even if you are given that opportunity, like, hey, you can take off whenever you want, but then maybe your partner doesn't have that time and they have the regular schedule or your friends that you want to go out with don't have that like, you know, different schedule or that freedom to have to do anything or whenever they want it is something that you never think about until you are in that situation. And you're like, oh, my gosh, then I have to get used to doing things solo unless like my friends are doing the same things. My partner is doing the same type of lifestyle and has all of this freedom. And, you know, you and I, Jody, even talked about this before. It's just like it's it's different. You know, it's different when you have that flexibility and you don't know what, you know what to do with it, especially if you are not in that uh, mental space. So it's just weird that you don't think about that until you're in that situation. And like you mentioned, it's everyone else. It's kind of like it's bad to say, but it's. Just, everyone is just like a herd and they're just like sheeps and going in, in line. And then when, you know, you have the black sheeps trying to do something else, it's like, okay, what are you doing? Get back in line because we're not going to do it with you. So sometimes you do also have to realize that that is part of the lifestyle too. So it can be very difficult when, when you're, you're on your own and you don't meet a lot of people in your circle, in your life who, who is able to do that. But I don't know, for me, I wouldn't do it any other way, even if I have to do things solo. <laughs> I think the the thing that any
0: entrepreneur who feels like they are the black sheep, which is probably all of us, I think the <laughs> thing to do is find that tribe and find mm. the people who do get it. And then that opens up this whole new world of possibilities because for me, I find that I know I'm with a kind of tribe member when I don't have to think before I speak. I don't have to censor myself. And often I find that it's it's often when you're talking about traveling and where your travel plans are, because if you speak to someone who hasn't got any travel plans and you talk about your travel plans, it sounds like you're just showing off or bragging. Whereas if you speak to someone where they organize their own lives like that, it's just interesting. And there's, they'll say, oh, you're going to Copenhagen. Oh, I went there. Let's, I did this and that. And you just, you have this, open, honest conversation. And then you feel like, wow, this person has the same values of me as me and they want to run their life like I do. So I would keep joining groups and keep meeting people until you don't feel like the black sheep, until you feel like you're with this community of people who are running their lives in the same way.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really true. And I, I love that you mentioned having to sometimes censor yourself when you're with people who are not in this type of lifestyle in in a similar industry, not even a similar industry but they just know what you're going through for me that's happened too, like I felt like I had to censor because you felt, and also there was kind of a guilt, I don't know if you felt like that too, because people around me would be complaining about their jobs they would be complaining that they don't have, you know, X, Y, and Z and then in my head I'm like, oh my gosh I love what I do, like I I could do whatever I want when I want. And I, I, you know, I'm getting paid way more than my nine to five that I had before. And I'm just like, I have nothing to complain about. So I'm like, and then, uh, and then I think to myself, I can't really express that because that's going to sound really horrible. It sounds like you're just, you know, sh- like you mentioned, Jody, just showing off, you know, or even when you talk about your travels. So it's, it's these things that we come across once we're finally, going into that and we're, we're deep into it that you never thought about because most of the time you just think about trying to get there and then when you actually get there there's these things that you have to do you know yeah well, I
0: think I think it's a really good problem to have but it yeah. is still a problem so what do you do what's your strategy Debbie do you do you avoid those people or do you try and come no. up with a new way of chatting to them how do you do it S-
1: so I okay so like the people most of my friends that I grew up with do not have this lifestyle so I honestly I have just become a really good listener so (laughs) because I one time I did try to say something and I you know I didn't even talk for a while and one of them was like I don't want to hear about it so once I got that I was like All right, so that means they don't really care. And I'm going to step back and just listen. Um, But also, You know, you mentioned, Jody that you'd really need to find that tribe. And what I ended up doing is finding my people. So then I would talk to them even just once, once once a month because, you know, like all of our friends who are in this type of lifestyle, they're all over the world. They're traveling. So most of the time we don't see each other in person. But, you know, even if you just talk to them once a month, you're like, I want to get all of this stuff out. <laughs> Because not many people beside my husband I could talk to and they're not going to like be judgy, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I find myself asking quite a lot of questions because I am always fascinated. Like when you said that when you hear someone complaining about their work or their life or their situation, I think I find it fascinating that someone would believe that they were stuck and they mm-hmm. wouldn't see a way out because that's got to yeah. be something in childhood or something that is making them think I am stuck and I can't do anything about it. Or maybe they don't realize they actually enjoy the complaining. But I find myself asking a lot of questions, probably to the point of annoying people. And so <laughs> if if someone's like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that, then I'd be like, oh, so what could you do differently? And well, have you thought about anything else? And you almost have mini coaching sessions with people. And yeah. some, some people are really open to that. And I've, I've definitely had friends who have been like, wow, I've never thought about that before. And, and to me, it felt like just quite a basic question. Like, what, how do you want to spend your day? Like, where do you want to be in a year? All those kind of things. And they're like, huh. And then they think for ages. But often, they just need to be asked the question. And then as soon as they, as soon as they are, their default mode network is wearing away, finding the answer. And then inevitably they find it and then they make a change. And I think that's, I find that really, really incredible when that can happen. So I'm always looking for those questions and trying not to annoy people with them at the same time.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's how you have a conversation when somebody is in that stage of their life, because I think it is like if you know, and if I'm thinking about it in my position too, and I'm feeling stuck and I feel like I really hate what I'm doing. um, And I've been in that position too. I also wouldn't like it if somebody just started talking to me about how great their life was and how they're going here and there. So I could definitely understand that. And the way you go about it, the way you ask questions, I think is one of the best ways to do that. Um, Because, also, for the most part, when you're in that position, at least I'm thinking for me, like you're not defensive. You're just like, OK, yeah, you're right. I should think about this or X, Y and Z, which is really great to, to do. I also think it's quite difficult to not interrupt people
0: when you ask those big questions and then you know that they just need to think and they will come up with a really good answer. It's really easy to interrupt and to try and fill the silence. But if you sit with it, then they come up with really cool stuff. And then, you know, you can almost feel sometimes when someone's on the edge of their next epiphany or their next huge decision. And I I love doing that with friends.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And also, once you see them start to do something and you remember where they were, and then where they're going. I think it's one of the best things that you see somebody in their journey and then to finally see that come into fruition. Because I think for the most part, you just see the now and not necessarily what could be the possibility. And when things start to happen, even if it's just tiny little things, I think it's one of the most exciting things.
0: Mm. I try to adopt that strategy with my team at the same time. Cause um, yeah, I think I mentioned before, we sold the agency. I had a team of 16 and my goal with employees was, or team employees, team members, colleagues was always to have people where I never had to feel like I had to manage them. I was looking for these resourceful, self-sufficient people who could do their thing and tell me when they needed something, but try and figure it out on their own. And maybe that was because putting lifestyle first and putting travel first meant that I was often on different time zones and couldn't physically be there all the time you kind of want to make sure that your company is not going to burn down if you're if you're asleep because you're in Hawaii when everyone else is in the UK (laughs) so a lot of managing them or working with them was about asking them the questions training them, asking them questions, but also kind of trusting that they would figure stuff out and that Mm -hmm. often all they needed was just the confidence and the autonomy to be able to be okay with figuring stuff out. And I remember there were a couple of situations where someone couldn't get hold of me, had to work something out and went and figured it out on their own and then maybe got it a little bit wrong, but actually it was the right thing to do to say no i would much have I, i'm so happy that you went for it that you thought about it went for it and then got it wrong rather than just didn't do anything and waited for the answer and didn't really think about it so it was like rewarding those behaviors meant that people were more resourceful which then contributed to being being able to have a company that didn't need me to be so hands on which then contributes to having a life where you can travel and put lifestyle first
1: Yeah. And that is such a great business model, because not only are you creating a really great lifestyle for yourself and having that balance as as the owner of the company, but also it really goes into it drips down to to everybody around you. And and you hear it all the time, too, when people complain about their bosses and X, Y and Z. But then if you're also getting a lot of the perks, you know, that that the boss is getting, uh, it feels like you are a part of the team. You are a big community rather than just an employee and you're doing whatever it is that you need to do. And I think in in most cases, you feel like it's a part of you. It's your company, too. And I think that also creates people and, you know, workers who are really dedicated to that company when, when you do that, which I think is interesting why not many more employers think like that. So you just have to make people happy. If they're happy, they're, they're going to be really loyal to you as well.
0: Mm. I think it's a hard balance to strike because I think that if you can, you can want to give someone almost too much freedom and then they actually don't want it. They do want the, <laughs> the nine to five or they want yeah. the bank holidays when everyone else takes them off. But then there is an element of guilt, I guess, in that you know that you as the owner have planned your life in a certain way and, and you're like, oh, but not everyone else has got this. But then I guess you just have to remember that you're the one who set the company up, took the risks, yeah. probably worked your butt off for the first however long to even get it to that stage and never never forget that at the same time which i think can be tough but it's kind of essential for running a remote business
1: yeah, absolutely. Because it does take a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to to get to that point. I think most people just see the easy part of it when you're finally succeeding, when you have all of that employee, and you are able to have more freedom because you trained your employees to be able to do this without you. So it, I, I. That's another thing that I don't think people really understand how it takes real dedication, but also talent to train people well. Uh, because if you don't know how to teach your employees like certain things or train them, it's not going to be good for you. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's another skill that people underestimate when it comes to having a business and when you finally have a team and if you're not tr- um, training them correctly and teaching them properly that the business is not going to run well because, you know, you can't do everything yourself, especially if it starts growing.
0: So I created a framework for this that I think is quite useful, That I'll share it if that's okay. Yeah. It's from, so it's from my new book called, it's called 10 Year Career. And the idea behind the book is that I believe wherever you are right now, you could organize your business in such a way so that you could make work a choice within 10 years. And so the book comes with a four-part framework and the framework is execute, systemize, scrutinize, exit. And I feel like I'm on this mission against bad advice and a mission against entrepreneurs being confused because they don't know which advice is right for them at which stage of their journey they're in so you might have been on the receiving end of bad advice before and often it's because it's just not right for the for the for where you are right now so you might it might be like oh you shouldn't get too involved you should sit back and let other people do the, the stuff or it's no you have to say yes to every single event and every single podcast and everything because that's the right thing to do or it's no you should be you know you should be strategizing you shouldn't be in the detail or whatever it is and so So the kind of four-part framework says that in the first stage which is execute that's where you're doing those things that don't scale and you're busy and you're saying yes and you're working all the time and you're kind of putting all the effort in and seeing what sticks and getting your business to this stage where you have a business and it's working and it's growing and you know who your customers are you know your product and you've got got your stuff all all together and then and only then do you train higher automate, delegate, put systems in place, write the SOPs, everything else, because that's where you know that what you're creating systems for is actually working. You're not trying to create systems for stuff that doesn't actually matter. And that's when you've got this well-oiled machine if you do it correctly and you've trained everyone. And that's where you can go, okay, what do I want to do now? And then you either grow the business, you sell the business, or you um or you you sit back and you have a lifestyle business. And that's that's what I probably did for about five years, had a systemized business that that I could run and kind of not run at the same time and go travel the world. But if any of those stages get confused, then you have a really horrible time because you just don't know when you should be involved, when you should be leaving other people to do it. And you don't really know what's working because you haven't put the work in at the start so I mm-hmm. think it's quite a useful framework just for knowing where you are knowing what to do and being able to take the advice and then say hmm, that's not right for me right now maybe maybe when I'm in this other stage that's when it is
1: yeah that is such good advice. I love that. I can definitely attest to. You know, there's a lot of bad advice that that comes out there. And also that has happened to me where I did things too soon and I wasn't ready for that yet or um, because again, I mentioned this is that we often see other people's journey and we think we should be there and we're not ready for that yet. And we keep comparing to that. And that's also, I think, one of the reasons why we do certain things in our business that we're either not ready for or we've been ready for it, but we're just too scared to to do it and start implementing it. I love that, Jodi. What's um, can you tell us about your book? Where, where can we get it? Yeah,
0: sure. So it's available. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere that sells books. It's called 10 Year Career. And it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of my journey in it. It's got a lot of stories of entrepreneurs who have started, grown and exited their business within a 10 year period and then not had to work again. And the goal is to reframe how you think about everything to do with your life and work so that your career t- can be 10 years and it doesn't have to be 45 or 50 or however long we're told when we leave school <laughs> so um but now that now that i've got the framework in my head all the time whenever i'm talking to entrepreneurs i'm almost working out which stage are they in right now and then if i'm trying to ask them questions or chat to them about their business i'm making sure that i'm not giving them the bad advice and i'm not saying oh you should do this and you should do that when actually it's not right for their stage mm-hmm. there is a quiz actually so If you went to quiz.tenyearcareer.com, there's actually a quiz that asks a bunch of questions and then you can work out which stage are you in? What are the pitfalls of this stage? How do I progress to the next one? And how do I absolutely smash the stage that I'm in
1: as well? That is awesome. We definitely have to take that quiz because I think most of the time we're so confused about everything, especially if you're an entrepreneur and there's just so many things in your hands that you have to deal with and understanding and realizing where you are and what step uh, you need to take is so crucial to to growing it or even what to do if you do want to exit your your business, um, you know, sooner or even later. So that's always good to know. <laughs> but so Jodi let's fast forward to maybe 30 40 maybe even 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life what legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for I think for me
0: it's all about capability so on my last day on earth could I look back <laughs> over my life and say yes I achieved the highest potential of myself as a human being like i i achieved what i was capable of i think the thing that's the scariest the scariest situation is that so many people like don't and they they think that their limit is somewhere where it's actually not and so they never push it so yeah for me it's about that it's like did she achieve what she was capable of in all these different areas and that's a life well lived. And that's the kind of legacy that I think I want to leave.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the worst things, right, is looking back and hope, like wishing you had done more or wishing you had gone on to your to your full potential. And I don't know who I was listening to one day. I don't even know the percentages of like the statistics. And I think they did like a study of people in their deathbed and who was wishing and who actually was living to felt like they lived through their full potential. And it wasn't a very large number. So that's, that's kind of sad, if you think about it. And I always sometimes I think about that, too. I'm like, if this is really the only life we're living, I was like, I'm gonna make as you know, we should all be making as many mistakes as we can just to try things out just to live life to the fullest, especially if we have so many things in our fingertips that A lot of people don't in the world. So for me, it's kind of a disservice to ourselves if we don't try everything that we want to try and do everything that we want to do because of fear or because of like limitations that we're placing on ourselves. And obviously there's other things that come along and it's not as easy, you know, but I don't ever think it's ever too late. And I even saw like a video of a guy or an old man. He was 100 years old and he started competing when he was in his 80s, I think. So I'm like, yeah, holy moly! It's not. It's never too late. We could do all of whatever we want.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and starting a business really late as well is a really interesting one. I just wrote about this the other day. It was, I think it's so Colonel Sanders of KFC. Yeah, I think he was 65 when he sold his restaurant to focus on his fried chicken recipe. And there's so many stories of people who started businesses later. I think lifting and strength sports as well, it's easier almost to tell if you're hitting your potential because you see actual numbers going up. Whereas in business, there are many different measures of success. It's not always just revenue or profit. So, um, but even, even in lifting, it's like you can feel yourself thinking, oh, I'm hitting a limit. Oh, I might not be able to lift any more than this. And then if you just try, you probably can and then it's just keep going get the confidence keep going even further
1: yeah there's just so many things I think life is so beautiful and I'm just like oh my gosh we should just do whatever it is that makes us happy or just interested in and I love your the way you're living life Jodi because you're just like this is my hobby but I want to go all in and see what I can do with it and I think that's, that's pretty amazing. And that's sometimes how you find your true passions too. It was just something for fun and then you, you don't know what you can do with it. But thank you so much, Jody, for being here with us. I had such a great time with you. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Mm, thank you so much for having me, Debbie. So
0: everything about me is on jodicook.com and then all my Instagram, Twitter, everything else are linked from there. And then everything about my book, 10-Year Career is at 10yearcareer.com. And I would love to hear from anyone who has listened and who has resonated. And if anyone's got any anything to say or any, any feedback, it would just be cool to hear hear from you.
1: I love that. We'll definitely be checking that out. Thanks, Jody. We really appreciate you. Thanks, Debbie. See you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Jody. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to design a lifestyle that you love. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.